0: Hello and welcome to the Wordsmiths Project. This is the first podcast and my name is Callista. It is not a real name. Today, I'm going to talk about um, work and leisure. So this series, as you see, is inspired by questions that answers that I ask students with my partners in our speaking sessions to help them prepare for studying and living in the uk and so my partner prepares these questions every week and they come up with really good questions but obviously within the session you need to optimize the amount of time the students are speaking so often i have really good ideas that i don't get to talk about and normally no one listens to me anyway so i thought i would made a podcast to force people to listen to me and let's see how this goes So this is obviously the first episode and I'm going to talk about work and leisure. As I said, I'm planning on doing lots of these every week. We also do intellectual topics such as the effects of an impact of science on society, which is very interesting to me personally. And I also write occasionally and I've written some essays on my life and experiences. So perhaps I'll read some of those as well. future episodes but for now let's get started and you see you can see the questions in the description and let's go for it so the session was divided into two parts work and leisure and we have 10 questions in total so i'm just going to talk through them and kind of see what happens i guess the first question is what careers would you like to have in the future and why this is a question that really confused me for a long time because when i went to school in china i never really had to think about careers it was just exams 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 you may get into the next stage and get into a better institution than the current one you're in so when i decided to go to school in the UK and you know you had to pick courses for high school or sixth form as they call it. I was really confused. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was doing quite well in sciences and languages so you know I had to pick between the two and ultimately I went for science because my English wasn't good at the time so I needed some subjects that were less demanding um, language skills. So in the end I did pretty well in science. I got into Cambridge and now studying science and are coping okay so, I'm get, so I guess that's a good sign. So obviously there's a question still what career would you like to have in the future and there's things you need to consider obviously with choosing a career you need to consider okay and these are the areas I'm good at these are areas that are important to me you know my values the things I'd like to do in the world if you're that inclined or you know what you'd like to have in life for example people go for investment banking because they need money and there's nothing wrong with that and you know some people love the environment and you know that's fine too i was really interested in biomedical engineering so if you haven't heard that heard about this topic or subject before biomedical engineering is basically applying physical principles and engineering techniques into biomedical care so for example you look at ultrasound um mri so magnetic magnetic resonance imaging, and the you know, assistive technology. These are the few big parts. And there's also a molecular branch that I know less about because I'm not studying chemistry. So um, I did an internship in that. I wanted to become a biomedical engineer, and it was really great. I had a really great supervisor. I was struggling with um, social interaction, social interaction at the time because I was hugely depressed and anxious. But it was good nonetheless. But then I kind of just fell out of it. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's depression, you know. I was tired and not interested in anything. But I thought, I don't want to do technical work. You know, I might might spend ages working on this one algorithm that I put into MRI scanner. And I don't really see how that can be applied clinically and really to change people's lives obviously it's really important work but i couldn't see the translation from lab or engineering projects into real social impact and at the same time i was really struggling with my course at university i I studied biology and physics in my first year and I used to be really really good at physics at school i was really good and I just couldn't do it at university I was too mathematical or I was too depressed whatever happened I just didn't get into it and I didn't like it so I decided to do biology full-time which means I can't really do engineering after graduation because I wouldn't have any more mathematical or programming training training within Cambridge so you know I needed a change of directions we went on a field trip towards the end of my first year for one of the biological courses. And I was on this beach in a remote part of the UK and we were assessing the amount of plastic that were present on the beach. It were mostly fishing nets. And we spent a whole morning, five hours, picking up trash, and, you know, bringing them back to the lab and weighing it and assessing um, the amount of plastic present in the sand, that kind of thing. And it was really hard work. It was five hours and I had an infection going on. So I wasn't very well for the whole week. And I went to hospital later, but that's not important now. And it just strikes me because it's such a unique location and it seems so surreal when you first get there until you see all the plastic on the beach and just think what happens when all the sea creatures get into this like this is not good and there's apparently not that much to be done about it that's kind of the moment when I realize social impact or you know doing good things and being responsible and the improving people's lives is really such important value for me, which did, wasn't a complete surprise when I got my head around it, because I've always been interested in feministic movements, even when I was in China. And you know, just the idea of people should live to their full potential and with equal opportunities. And obviously, I, I can do it. will do a separate session on that because it's always hard to talk about feminism in China to my British counterparts. So yeah, I had a change of heart. I had a change of direction. I was studying a biology degree. I was focusing on kind of ecology and um, biomedical sciences, you know, anatomy and physiology, that kind of subject. And I know I loved writing. I've got a history of being able to write and argue. I'm just annoying. I was a really annoying kid, I think. I still am. Um, it just struck me that I could do public health. I mean, I didn't know I could do it. I had no self-confidence in anything. But I thought, you know, I might give it a try. And so I applied for to this um, student think tank in Cambridge and asked whether I could do a project with them. And they agreed and, you know, recruited me as a researcher. I absolutely loved it. I was writing a paper on mental health um, and how we deal with the loneliness pandemic globally. And I just loved it. I loved researching and I loved discussing and I loved coming up with policy suggestions. So that was absolutely amazing. And also at the same time, my partner was applying to work in a really um, prestigious think tank in the UK. So I had some kind of contacts in that area to know about what they do in policy advice. And it's just, you know, I've never looked back since then. Um, I'm writing another paper at the moment and I'm doing a project with my partner on COVID-19 pandemic. And I think, you know, this might be the area I want to go into. So I guess that answers the question of what careers would you like to have in the future? I'd like to work in public health or, you know, with development or um cross-cultural studies that kind of thing and the reason it is fulfilling it's good work i can see the social impact and it works with my skill set you know i can write and i understand biomedical sciences to a de- to a degree so it kind of all worked out in the end and the last thing i want to say is kind of the really important task you No, know, the a tool that i had which is Kind of a workbook from Paper Chase. This is not that ad. Um, it's it's called Ikigai. I don't speak Japanese, so apologies if that that's probably horrific Japanese. So it says, you know, it asks you to work out what is important to you in terms of values and what skills that you have and what you're interested in doing and you know kind of in the center of the Venn diagram you'll work out what you can do. And the Ikiga I think means the reason you get up in the morning, which is great because I don't want to get up when I'm depressed. So that really helped. And yeah, I hope this question was interesting. So after that, normally we ask students a few more, um, not existential, but kind of social philosophical questions that they need to consider. So visit this session we had, what is the point of working? What determines how much jobs pay and how will careers change in the future? So yeah, I'm just going to keep rumbling and see where it takes me. So what's the point of working? Obviously you need money and working normally pays, hopefully a sufficient amount to meet the basic needs. It should. Um, It's not being done in many countries, but it should. And the point of working gives you personal fulfillment. Sometimes it makes you think perhaps you're making a difference in society, in other people's lives, if that makes you happy. And I guess the other ways of just kind of keeping people occupied, you know, giving you something to do throughout every day of your life to make it worthwhile to live. And I'm sure there are, you know better grander e- reasons why people work, but these are the qu- things I can think of on top of mind. I think the next question is more interesting in terms of the determination of how much jobs pay. It's obviously if, if you think about skills level, you might naturally think um, the more difficult or a high-level education, a job requires, the higher it will pay. That's kind of true, but also no. For example, I know that postdocs are not paid as much as they should be. And apart from institutionalised inequality and you know the, competi- and competi- the competition in academia, the, the hostile environment, There's also, I think, a factor perhaps of the demand and supply in terms of how much jobs pay, in that if you have lots of people who can do this job, you might not be as inclined to pay them a lot as you would if you're desperately seeking one super candidate. And there are also other factors that's beyond the nature of the job in determining how much they pay and one of the things I do see is the gender pay gap. So you are more likely to be paid less than your male counterparts as a female person. There are also other demands of the job. There might be jobs that require frequent travel or jobs that require extra long hours for example investment banking or in consultancy so all of these factors affect how much jobs pay and i hope that in the future people will be less restrained in their careers there will be less you know if people wanted they can try out different careers and different ideas throughout their lifetime it'll be easier to retrain or gain qualifications because we need different people in different jobs, obviously, but it's often quite important to allow people to try things out before they're stuck in an office for the rest of their lives. Oh, and there's another question I forgot to mention. So also changing world of work in terms of office versus home working. So it's the pandemic. Lots of people started working from home. And I do have lots of complaints about how this was not possible for a lot of reasons before the pandemic. And suddenly it's all possible for everyone. And as a disabled person, it does annoy me a lot. And there's a personal preference of, you know, do you want to work in the office or at home? And one of the arguments people do make is that if we allow everyone to work at home, they'll be less productive, which is possible given The home environment is a comfy place for a lot of people, and you know, it's beneficial to separate your work environment from your leisure rest resting environment, but it's not possible for everyone at home, depending on living conditions or socioeconomic status. But I do think in the future, hopefully after the pandemic, there'll be more inclusive, the work environment will be more inclusive for disabled people, And, you know, just be a nicer place for everyone to work in the best way that suits their lifestyle and obviously to get the work done. So thank you for making it so far. I would be surprised if you made it this far in the podcast because I honestly don't think anyone would listen to my numbers. Um, So next session We're gonna talk about kind of leisure activities and you know how do you find the balance between work and leisure and whether society has the right balance between work and leisure. And I'm just going to go for it and talk about it. Next up is another segment about my life. So what leisure activities do you do at the moment? I sleep a lot. I'm always fatigued and I have brain fog, so I just sleep a lot throughout the day. I just, you know, if I don't have anything that I need to do. Or even if I do, I just kind of pass out on my bed for a few hours. And when I wake up, I realize I missed everything. But, you know, that's just life. Seriously, though, um, leisure activities really changed for me in the past few years. So I spent lots of time on my phone when I was 14 and starting to get depressed. And that continues kind of, it continued all the way till about now, when I've just started digital minimalism. You know, I'm doing a digital declutter. This is an idea from Carl Newport, and he's written a really good book on it. And I think I'm going to talk about my digital journey in the future episodes. But for now... Um, I started doing yoga recently and it's really nice. I've also started going to a ballet studio near where I live to properly train. I've never done ballet before the age of 18 and I'm really stiff and not flexible and have really bad balance. But, you know, it's really fun. Um, I like moving my body around and I like music, especially classical music. So You know, ballet is kind of the good combination. And, you know, I love doing it with adults. At least I used to do it with adults. Now I'm at the studio, it's kind of weird. The kids and the small, the flexible. Yeah, but it's fun. It's all right. I always love reading. I read non-scientific books most of the time, even though I'm a science student. I'm reading a lot about um, contemporary Chinese history from the 1920s kind of thing. Just really got interested after um, some ancestry research that I've done with my grandmother. It's just really interesting, you know, seeing all the people coming to life and realising they're the same age as your great-grandparents. And lucky for me, I've actually met two of my great-grandparents out of, I don't know, eight. So that's not too bad, I guess. Um, what else do I do? I'm trying to exercise a bit more. I'm going with kind of running programme. But honestly, I hate running. I know I used to, I used to run semi-professionally when I was at school because I really kind of lean, muscly type. And I was tall. But I just hate running. I, hate, I mean, I hate running beyond 30 seconds or a minute. That's about the maximum I can do. So, yeah, but you can't deny, I can't deny that running is a really good way to train up your stamina, which I need at the moment with fatigue. Oh Yeah, I'm trying to run. It's not good. Please don't ask about it. Um, I do play music sometimes. I don't have my instrument with me. I play the cello. So that's pretty bad. I do sing sometimes. I sing classical music, a bit of opera, a bit of a little bit of music theatre too, but I'm not very good at it because I never studied it. But these are the things that I do in my free time. I also have a cat. Yes, I got a cat about uh six weeks ago, I guess, or five weeks ago. She's lovely, she's currently six months, she's currently napping next to me. And yeah, I just, I love her. It's so helpful to look after something. You know, it gives me something to do in my life and a sense of achievement. It was really stressful bringing her back home for the first time because I thought I'd kill her within the first 24 hours because I'm not good at anything. But it turned out all right. She doesn't really love me. She loves my dad, but, you know, it's better than nothing. And I really, really love her. I've always been told growing up that I have a good balance between work and leisure. And I think partly that's related to my parents' policy of no extracurricular classes for me, which is not that good a policy since it's so absolute. And I did not get to develop or learn about anything I'm interested in till when I was 16 and moved to the UK. So, you know, but it did mean I had a lot more free time to do whatever I wanted when I was growing up. Um, not that I did anything interesting or useful or productive, but I just read lots of books. And yeah, that's probably why I'm a bit mental after growing up. Um, The balance of work and leisure is one of the struggles. Still, to this day, you know, I feel compelled to work whenever I'm not sleeping, thanks to the secondary school that I went to. Thank you. Um, I'm a perfectionist and I really struggle with burnout. And that's pure, partly the reason I've taken gap year out of university, because I really couldn't keep going. I wasn't in a good state of mind. So balance of work and leisure. I find scheduling really helps to when I have enough mental capacity or patience or um, stamina to finish my work. I just do it all in one go with Pomodoro technique and hope for the best and then I have the afternoon off to do whatever I want. That's kind of what I'm dealing with at the moment. It's not great, but I'm also working on um, not working on the weekends and try to finish everything off on Friday. So basically what I'm doing is regaining the routine that I had before my mental health was destroyed by my secondary school, which is work hard, play hard. But not too hard. I don't really go out. You know, the normal definition of playing hard. I don't really fit. Yeah, I think it's just really important to guard a block of time against working or leisure, depending on which way your balance tips. And scheduling helps for me to know that I'm guaranteed to finish work and leisure and I'm going to feel good at the end of the day.